The book of Romans chapter 13. Remember, we are teaching you the new covenant. The book of Romans uh, chapter 13, as the Lord has given it to us, it's, uh, he gave us a big piece this time. The book of Romans chapter 13, I'm going to be looking at the first seven verses from the book of Romans chapter 13. Uh, and I'm going to be reading this out of the King James, but I'm also want to read it out of <clears throat> uh, what I got here, the Christian Standard Bible today. So let's go to Romans chapter 13 when you get this, amen. All right, we're going to read that now. Uh, in verse number one, he said, let everyone, uh, every soul be subject to the higher power. Let every soul be subject to the higher powers. For there is no power but of God, the power that ordained of God. Let me read it again. Let every soul be subject to the higher power. For there is no power but of God, the powers that be ordained of God. My son ministered the last time, so my mic was set for him. So you got to set it back for me. All right, verse number two says, Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resist the ordinance of God. Thank you very much. And they that resist shall receive themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror of good works. But to the evil, will thou then be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to them for good. But if thou doest that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. He is the minister of God, a revenger, to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, you must need be subject not only to wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore unto all their dues tribute to whom tribute, customs, to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Now, I want to, <laughs> believe me, I, I was not intended to teach this, but uh, the Spirit of God will have its way in my life. Uh, so I'm going to be teaching this. I know this is, it has blown up to be tremendous. So uh, he has given me the understanding of the wisdom uh, to, to teach this. So I'm going to be teaching on uh, understanding authority. Understanding authority. Now, this is a big word because authority is also God's power, God's rule, and God's reign. Understanding authority. This is a word that you'll never forget. This is the teaching you'll never forget. All right? Now, understanding God's authority. Now, I want you to, if you keep in notes, I'm going to be teaching on probably about five different things in this teaching. I'm not going to be able to finish all today. So I'm going to give you the first part I'm teaching today, and that's understand authority. This is going to be the first part. Whenever I finish, I go to the next part, which will be know your measure of rule. Number one, understanding authority. Number two, know your measure of rule. Number three, know the purpose of authority. Number four, authority is always delegated. And number five, how to build a legacy 
of leadership. So we got our work cut out for us. When it comes down to the pastor's anniversary, after that, we're in a new beginning. It doesn't mean that God will not connect. Remember, uh, I know where I left off that I have to go back. Uh, there was a teaching I did was uh, how to have faith. Uh, that was tapes 75 and 76, how to have faith. I only did the first part. How to have faith is a trinity. It is a mystery, let me put it that way. And to be able to understand when the Bible uses the word mystery, he's talking about it's a trinity. Say a mystery. To understand a mystery, you got to know the trinity. Right. So even God himself is a mystery. Why? Because God is a trinity. So when you talk about God, are you talking about the Father? Are you talking about the Son? Are you talking about the Holy Ghost? Can you understand it's a mystery? So that's how you, why you have to know God is the Father, uh, Jesus Christ is the Son, and then the Holy Ghost is also God, but he's the Father of Jesus Christ. So you have to know when you're talking about a mystery. I'm going to be teaching. I thought I was going to be able to talk about that this morning. I'm not there yet. I'm, I've been studying. I got about four pages for you on the mystery of faith. But we got to know a lot. So when I get to mystery, you got to understand why is a mystery. Your salvation is a mystery. Even Christ is a mystery. And why is it a mystery? Once again, why is it a mystery? All right, let me say it again. You got to hear what I'm saying. Why is it a mystery? Because it's a trinity. If you ever get that, it's a trinity. Why is a flower a mystery? Because it's a trinity. Anything I ask you, I'm giving you the answer. Why? Because it didn't start out a flower. See, it's a mystery. It started out a seed. So when you, you got, if you get, just get what I'm saying just a little bit, See, there's a lot of things I want to teach on, but I can't go there until you're ready for it. So I have to give you a little bit here and a little bit there, you understand, and that's where I have to teach. But I'm going to teach on the mystery because you're going to have to understand how Paul got mystery for us. Why am I able to teach on understanding uh, 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 authority? Why am I able to teach on understanding authority? Because I understand the, the Trinity. I give you the answer, it's never changed. And wisdom is the third order of power. See, that's why you have wisdom, knowledge, and then understanding. So when you can teach on understanding, that means you have gotten the revelation of. You have the wisdom of it, you have the knowledge of it, now you understand it. See, those are the kind of things you need to write down because most people do not understand the Bible because they don't understand what's first. Which one of those are first? Wisdom. Why? What scripture is it? Wisdom is the principal thing. Put Proverbs 4-7 on the screen. See, those are the kind of things you got to get. I'm a teacher. You are sitting on a teacher. Don't be fooled because of who you see at the church. People don't want the word. You don't stop teaching because the audience is not just in the house no more. Proverbs 4, 7 says, wisdom is the principal thing. The word principal means what? It's first. Therefore, get wisdom, but in all you're getting, wait a minute, he just missed something. In all you're getting, you have, no, you got to get some before you get understanding. See, you have to be able to figure out the second part. It's knowledge. And all you're getting, that's knowledge. And if you get your knowledge, you'll come to understanding. Can't you see knowledge always leads you to understanding? Because knowledge is the way, isn't it? How do I know knowledge is the way? Because it's the second order. Christ is always the second order. 
let me show you a scripture. Let's go to First uh, Corinthians 12, 4 through 7, and then I'm going to get in my message. <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter 12. See, I don't want you to come to a place where so many people has already. They've been to church. They've they done that. So they figured out, wow, I'm okay out there. So that's why I got to go back and teach on how to have faith because so many people only got to the place of hearing the word. And you know what happened to them? They got tired of hearing the word. So that's why Matthew chapter 13, Mark chapter 4, Luke chapter 8, they just got tired of hearing the word. You know what happened? They never reached the word believing. And once you got to believing, you're not there. So you got in Ephesians 1.13, it has three, three things that I'm going to teach you on there. I'll, I've been teaching on hearing just because you heard the word. But see, you didn't continue. So that's why I'm going to be showing you that in Colossians 1.23, it said if you continue in the faith. And that's why people just go for a while and they say, oh, COVID came, so I'm not going back. You haven't seen them since COVID. Because they don't think they need to continue. So they, they've been hearing the word. They are, I keep, I'm still hearing the Bible. I'm still hearing. That's where you are. You are still hearing. You have not gotten to the place of believing yet. Because once you get to the place of believing, now you become a doer. And then that road would take you to the third step, and that's trusting God. See, that's Ephesians 1. That I, that's what I got to teach I haven't taught yet. So I understand, I teach the trinity of the word. So sometimes I teach something, you say, oh, I'm done. No, I'm not done. That was just first part. All right. So I want, I want to take you to what verse now? First Corinthians chapter 12. So in First Corinthians chapter 12, you want to look at verse number four and watch what it says. See, if you're smart, you can be able to do that. Now, I've said this before. Whatever I say in the ministry, I've already said it before. But I go back over things to see that you get it. Most time, I see that people don't get it. So I have to continue to talk. All right. Now, there are diversities of gifts. But the same spirit. So you have to understand that. Same spirit. Then it says, and there are diversities of administrations but the same Lord. So if you understand the underline the same spirit, same Lord, they have a different ministry. And they are diversities of operations. See? But if the same God, same spirit, Holy Spirit, same Lord, Jesus Christ, same God the Father. How many can see the Trinity? So that's each one of them have a different work in the earth, in your life. They are diversities of operation. That's the Father. He's the operator. See, he is the creator. Same God. He's the one that work in all. So that means he has to be love, 1 John 4, 7. Because it's love in you that do the work. He's the operator. He created you. He's your father. Well, then the ministry of the son was next. He's the administrator. He's the one you need to learn everything you can about. Because that's the one you got to imitate. Because now you the son. So how did he get out of every situation he's in? He used his authority. So you a son, you got to know about authority. Because power is one thing and authority is another. And both is the same word power. And then there's one spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. And that's why when you look at everything, 
when the Bible says you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power, how do you become complete? Because you have in you the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. But you got to be able to break them down into another category, which is called love and faith. So you got to be able to, to see the same thing operating, and then that's what the Holy Spirit... See, the Father is in you is love. And then there is faith in you who's the Son, represents the Son. Then the Holy Ghost is the one in you that make this work. So we got a long way to go on teaching in this ministry. All right, now that's just to get you warmed up. I just want to let you know you don't know everything. I just give you a little bit to let you know you don't know everything, okay? So let's move on. So we're talking about understand authority. Now that word authority has to do with power and rule and reign, but it's not the same. So let, let, me, let me tell you what, what, what you want to talk about the word authority. This is what you want to hear because I'm going to get to this on the last teaching on authority. So if you walk out, you walk out of here. Say, for example, there were polices uh, at the entrance of our church, and uh, they were stopping everybody that was coming out of the building. Now, this is really not happening, so you have to tell people that. They'd be like, Pastor Crump said there was, no, this is not happening, but I'm just showing you uh, different authority. Now, if you, if you come out the building, and somebody stopped you at the building, that's power. But if you go out to the street and they tell you you can't come out of, the, out, out of the church parking lot, it's because he has authority. See, power and authority is two different things. So if I look at the exact same thing and, and, and you see a car coming down the road and you try to stop that, you're only going to use your own power. But if you had on a badge and you was a police officer, see, that's delegated. Authority is always what? Delegated. If you got authority, it's been delegated to you. You're only as powerful as the person who delegated to you the authority. So your authority don't have to be worth anything if the person who will ordain you. See, people go to churches and get papers all the time, but... Who gave you the paper? See, you got to understand, you're, when you're delegated, the person who delegated you, if they are not who they're supposed to be, your paper no good. You know, I can have everybody come up here right now and give them all a piece of paper for something, for driver. Let's say driver's license. How many know you're going to get a ticket <laughs> when somebody catch you because I gave you this driver's license? Well, as a matter of fact, that brought me to my next point that I want to say. Uh, we got the bus service already, so if you're interested in learning how to drive, then you need to leave me a voicemail on my voicemail, extension 12, and then we will get you going to get your driver's license. Now, if you don't get your driver's license and learn how to drive, it ain't my fault. All right, so we got the, we got the red bus. You're going to learn how to ride on a, drive on a red bus. But you, when I get through, you can learn how to parallel park that baby. I guarantee you. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, now let's, let's go to work. Uh, now, Romans chapter 13, verse 7, I'm dealing with authority the, the, uh, under the Apostle Paul ministry because he's the one who taught on authority. Understanding authority is what I want. Now, all of these people, let me read this out of the uh, Christian Standard Bible so you understand what it's saying before I move on. Uh, this is Romans chapter number 13. See, most people try to operate in the spirit realm, and they do not operate in the physical realm. And I believe this is why I'm teaching on understanding authority, because you've got to operate in the physical realm before you can operate in the spiritual realm. So we're going to read this out of the Christian Standard Bible, Romans chapter number 13. We're going to start reading. We're going to read just 1 through 7. That's where we're at. All right. Now, now listen to it real good and see, see how you obey an authority in this area. Because when I get into the thing, I'm going to show you, even why God showed me some things, how uh, 
I'm, I'm going to go back to praying for people one day in the service or at the end of the service, which I always do. All right, that way you understand that, okay? Now, Romans chapter 13, verse 1 is what we're reading. It says, let everyone submit uh, to the government, governing, governing authorities. Now, we got that in the church, but we also have that in, the, in Pontiac, right, where we live at, or your town, whatever you live at. Since there's no authority except from God, and the authority that exists are uh, instituted by God. So you can't, you, can't, you can't disobey authority in the physical realm and then operate in authority in the spiritual realm. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? All right, thank you for that one or two there. So then, the one who resists the authority is, is opposing God's command, and those who oppose it will, bring, will bring the judgment that to, on themselves. Rulers are not a terror of good conduct, but to bad. Uh, do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do, do what's good. You will have its approval. For it, is God, for it is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid because it does carry the sword. The person who's on authority does carry the sword. I'm sorry. Does, does not carry the sword for no reason. For it is God's servant and avenger. He's talking about the person, whether they're a king, whether they're a, a magistrate or whoever, a police officer, uh, a judge, whatever. It says, uh, for it is God's servant and avenger that brings wrath on the one who does wrong. Therefore, you must submit not only because of wrath, but also because of your conscience. Now I want to get to this part where I want to get to. It says, and for this reason, you pay taxes. You do know it's taxes season. <laughs> Amen. Some of y'all don't know. My wife and I, that's why we're so glad for y'all to help us out. We, we are able to now go pay our taxes. All right. All right. They come every year in July and August. Uh, talking about for your home now, right? Remember the first of the year when you work, you also have to pay taxes. So this is the second time around. Uh, for this reason, the Bible says, you pay taxes since the authorities of God's servant continue attending on these tasks. Pay your obligation to everyone. Taxes to those who owe taxes. See, otherwise, you can't be owing taxes and operating the spirit realm. Do you understand what he's saying? See, that's authority too. You're breaking authority. You're trying to come over here. I, I rebuke that devil. That devil ain't coming nowhere. See, you, you got to obey authority, whether in the natural realm before you can operate in the spiritual realm, all right? It says pay your, pay your obligation to everyone, taxes to those who owe taxes. See it on the screen. You don't have to follow me. And then it said tolls. You can't run a toll bridge. I ain't paying them, folks. They sending me that thing in the mail. Pay, pay your tickets, all right? See, you're trying to operate in the spirit realm, but you only pay your own ticket. Drive a license, get pulled, running from the police. Then he said, Res respect, respect to those who owe respect. See, you have to respect people in authority. Then he said, honor those you owe honor. All right, so let you know how that sounds in, in that Bible. So he's talking about the natural realm. So you have to obey the natural realm if you're going to operate in the spirit realm. Do everybody understand that? All right, all right. You got to do the thing that God told you. There are four things he talked about in that verse, in that verse uh, that you're supposed to do. All right, now, with that in mind, uh, y'all still here? All right, with that in mind, let's go to Romans chapter 5, verse 17. We're going to talk about reigning. See, we, we, we want you to reign, but you reign in Christ. Now, you got to understand what that means. Uh, the children of Israel used the name Jesus. That's how they reign, because he told them whatever they do in his name. They did what they did how? In his name. You do it in Christ. So that's why you do it. Why? You got to listen. If I'm going to give you this information, you got to be able to get what I'm saying. Once again, Israel reigned in the name of Jesus. You reign in Christ. I come right back and ask you how you reign. All right. Because that's 
Now it's not in its name, and its name was before the cross with Peter, James, and John. That was their salvation. Their salvation was what? In his name. You are in Christ. So you're going to put that down. I'm going to give you scripture to everything I say. But you got to know the difference. So when you pray, you ought to know your prayers are in Christ Jesus. Say it, in Christ Jesus. Right, why? Because that's where you are. You are in Christ. They could not say in Christ because they was not in Christ. So they could just say in Jesus' name. But you are a son now. See, you have to think like Jesus thinks. You think Jesus prayed in his name? Do you think Jesus said, Father, and I pray in Jesus' name? Well, Je Jesus was the Father's name. But he did not pray and then say in Jesus' name. Why? Because he was in God. And God was in him. He was a son. Let me ask you another question. When you go ask your, uh, when your children come to you to, to ask you something, uh, uh, matter of fact, do they come and say, I, uh, I want this in Yancey's name? When they come to Yancey, do they ask you in your name? No. See, what we are doing, we are trying to go by with the Old Testament because we don't understand it. So I'm going to give you a scripture on that, and, uh, and I'm going to, just a moment, we're going to show you that, okay? Uh, we'll get to it just a moment. Romans 5, 17. In Romans chapter 5, verse number 17, are you there? Let's read it together. It said, it, and if by one man offense death reign by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace. See, you have to have received this. You in Christ, Christ in you, you have received this. Now, if you in Christ and Christ not in you, you have not received it. How many understand what I just said? If, a, if Christ is not in you, you're not a believer yet. See, you have to hear it real good, although I say it every Sunday. See, some things I just say every Sunday until you get it. There, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. It's one thing to be a new creature. It's another thing to have Christ in you. When God created Adam, how many know Adam was a new creation? But how many know the tree of life was still in the garden? Come on, you got you to expect with me. Now we're in understanding. All right. Romans chapter 5. They which receive abundance of grace... And, now that word abundant of grace is the same thing as his abundant love. Abundant grace is the same as what? Abundant his abundant love. The same word grace is the same word love. You got to get that because you really got to get that. All right. And of the gift of righteousness. That word gift of righteousness is gift of faith. Remember, Abraham, righteous, faith was counted for what? Right. For righteousness. That's how you know when God gave you righteousness, he gave you faith. That's why you don't get this till you become a believer. You, when I go through those three things, you could be a hearer, Matthew, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all talked about it. Matthew 13, Mark 4, Luke 8 all talked about three, the three conditions. They all heard the word. Their son believed for a while. See, that's how it is with people going to church. They believe for a while, but they don't understand. You got to go all the way until you're living by faith. That's what happened in the wilderness. That's what happened in the wilderness. When those people came out of Egypt, oh, they was all jumping in joy. Most of them died in the wilderness. They never got to where they were going so they could be able to live in Christ. All right, Romans 5, 17. If by one man our fifth death reign, 
by one, much more, they which receive, number one, I'm showing you what you receive. So I'm going to come back and ask you what you receive. I not only told you abundant grace, I told you what it was. God's love, not just love, God's love. Remember, 1 John, 5, 1 John 4, 7 told God is what? God is love. All right, so it's God's love. And then you receive the gift of righteousness because that's Christ and, and what represents Christ in you? Faith. Faith in your soul, right? You got two, two, two living inside of you. Christ and the Father. So we know that you know that in you. See, this, the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son all lives in you now. Because now you're the house of God, right? All right. And then it said, because you have received love, abundant love, abundant grace, and you have received the gift of faith or the gift of righteousness, now what's the next thing supposed to happen? What are you supposed to be doing? Right. That's authority. Using your authority. Say, reigning. It's using my authority. Right. So, Whatever going on in your life that's not right, you're supposed to be doing what? Yeah, I know, but what is it called? Right. You're supposed to be using your authority. That, I'm trying to get you to say something easy. What are you supposed to be doing? So whatever's not working in your life, you're supposed to be doing what? Using your authority. This is how you're going to have to live. Now, that's when you got to get up to the third level and trust in God. Because it does not happen just because you say it. That's how you have to understand how faith works. You got to know when you say it, it's not finished manifesting. Let me give you an example. There was one day Jesus was coming out of a city and he looked at a fig tree and he said to that fig tree, no fruit grow on you henceforth forever. And then he kept on going. When he came back through, his disciples said to him, Lord, look at the fig tree that you cursed. It withered away. Well, it didn't wither away when he was looking at it. But when he came back through, it withered away. Do you see what it means? Oh, let me give you another. That was a person he told the spirit to come out of the person, and it didn't come out immediately. The Bible said, and it threw him. It tore him. It did a lot of things, but then it came out. So you have to understand that if you're not patient, see, you can have faith, but if you're not patient with the faith you have, it still won't work. Then you got to have love that powers the faith. How, how many hear what I'm saying? Right. I'm talking to people who, who, who wants this. Who want, everybody don't want this. There are so many people are comfortable right where they are. But there are some people not satisfied where they are. And the only way you're going to get to the next level, you're going to have to use your faith. And you can't do it without love. Amen. All right, let's move on. Listen to it. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, I mean, Titus first. We talk about understanding authority. Titus 2.15. All of this under understanding authority that I'm giving you today. Understand authority is Titus 2.15. You got to know how to operate in your authority. See, you got you to understand there's a voice for singing. There's a voice for ministry. And if you use your voice for ministry, and you use it, your singing voice to minister, it's not going to work. So you're going to have to know, you're going to have to find out what's your voice for ministry. And it's really, it's going to be your normal voice. That means anybody can hear you anywhere and know that's you. That's your normal voice. All right. So Titus chapter 2 and verse 15. When you listen to my tape, you have to, you hear my normal voice. But as you just start, that been a while. 44 years of ministry. I believe when I speak, it has the same emphasis 
that when I hollow, Let me say it again. I believe when I speak the word, it has the same power that when I hollow or when I scream or when I yell. You got to come to that place in life. If you don't, you'll burn yourself out. I see pastors all the time, and I, be, I say this, they're not going to pass alone. They burn themselves out. You, you, you got to come to a place to know who you are. You can't be like nobody else. You got to find your identity in Christ. All right. Now let's look at this again. Uh, Titus 2.15. Watch what it says. These things, he's talking to Titus. These things, number one, speak. I already know he's talking about speak with all authority because that's what he said at the end of the verse. He said, speak, exhort, rebuke with all authority. So when you ministry, you got to speak with all authority. Then you got to learn how to exhort with all authority. Then you got to know how to rebuke with all authority. See, Jesus told them, if you rebuke the devil, also he rebuked the wind. To rebuke means don't go any further. So when he said to the, to the devil, rebuke the devil, it's saying to the devil, stop what you're doing. Just like the wind was storming. To rebuke the wind is to say to the wind, stop what you're doing. So you got to understand your voice is anointed. So you have to understand, you have to, this is something that you have to do. This is something I had to learn. See, we grew up in an atmosphere where we raised our children. And I know, like I said, we, we got some grands now we're keeping. And you get to a time uh, that you feel more comfortable when they don't do what you say, you will yell or scream. But spiritually, you got to find your voice and stay there. You can't think that the spirit going to use your voice because you scream. Let me say it this way. There's a song like Move Mountain. You can say Move Mountain and Mountain gonna move because you said. Not because you scream at the mountain. Do everybody understand what I mean? All right. You have to develop that in your own self. That's a it's, gonna, it's, it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be a short period of time. But you're going to have, it's just like a person who sings. I use my daughter, uh, Cassandra, for this one because she is the minister of music. I'm not trying to talk about nobody else. I'm just talking about her. And I'm quite sure she can agree there are some songs she has to really practice on because she's not used to singing that voice. Am I right? And there are some songs, it's very, very easy for her. Now, some people have that gift. It just flows out. You know, like Sister Erica there, you know, I want to talk about too many folks. They got that voice for it just flows out of them. They don't take much effort to, to sing a song. Sister Jaton got children that, that does that. They got those kind of voice. The other people got their voice, but some people got to practice. Some people got it. Seem like naturally. So you got to do what you got to do. But you got to make sure your voice is the same way all the time. That don't mean you can't take it up a level or bring it down a level. But your voice got to be the same way all the time. You got to come to a place that people know what you're speaking. You, be, you mean what you're saying. You say what you mean otherwise. You don't have to scream to make it happen. 
I'm showing you how to operate in the things of the Spirit. All right, now watch this. Second Timothy told you to do. I'm, uh, Titus 2.15 says, you got to speak, exhort, rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise you. That's how you got to operate in the things of the Spirit. Because in the church, when you speak to people in the church, so for example, if I come to your church and I got to speak with the same authority. If I come in there and holler at your people, you're going to want me to leave. Come on now, I'm just being honest. So I had to learn. Now, I, when I started ministering, man, I had the mic in my hand, and I tell you, I, I blew it out. And I had to learn. When I was in the basement, we had a, a mic with the big old tall speakers, and I had to learn. Minister Reginald Hayes had to help me out, Brother Charles down there. I said, man, you're you going to kill all the people you got in this one service. Everybody hear what I'm saying? You got to understand that when you're singing, there are times you need to let the mic come back and use your voice. That's one of the things my brother Charles said to me one day. Man, you got to use your voice. You don't have to put your mic up all the way up there where you got to have it at. You got to use your voice. He didn't realize I was really hearing him. So that's why now, sometimes I, I can cut my mic off and I can still use my voice. I had to learn that one day the power went out. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Now, let's move on. Are you getting it? All right, let's go to Philippians 4.13. Now, I asked God, how do I know how to operate and these are the scriptures he's given me that I'm giving you right now, especially the next one. I'm going to get to 2 Corinthians 2.14 next. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 3. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, I'm sorry. Now this is something you need to mark your Bible because you've got to really hear it, what he's saying. He says, I can do. You've got to come to a place you got to come to a place that this become real in your life. See, I'm talking about going through some things in your life. What the word says, I can do all things, and it says some things. Through Christ, the, the key is through Christ, which strengthens me. Otherwise, if I was strong enough, I could do that in Christ. Got to hear what he's saying. This is what it says. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Otherwise, there's some things I can't do now because I'm not strong enough in the faith. So that's why I'm here to do what now? Strengthen your faith. See, you only have one faith. And that one faith really is Christ. That, that, that Christ in you is the grace of God. So that's why the Bible would talk about be strong in the grace of Christ, in the grace of God. Be strong in the faith. That's what he's talking about, be strong in Christ. Now that's to bring you to the place where you are no more weak in faith. So if you're weak, that's where you're weak at, Right? Oh, praise the Lord. Let me move on. I thought I could get that amen. 2 Corinthians, let's go back to 2 Corinthians. Say it, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Say it this way, I can do all things through Christ if I was strong enough. So you're strong in the faith. So you can do it, but you've got, you got to be strengthened in the faith. You've got to strengthen your faith. So that's why the Bible says, so then faith come by here in Romans 10, 17. That means you need to keep hearing it some more. All right, uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to look at one verse there, and that's verse 14. When I was talking about in Christ, well, you got to understand, when, when the people who were in the Old Covenant, uh, they prayed in Jesus' name. You pray in Christ Jesus. Here we go. In 2 Corinthians chapter 
uh, 2 and verse 14, just one verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 says, Now thanks be unto God, which always, not sometimes, always causes me. You got to see the word causes me. You're not doing this. Now thanks be to God, which always causes me. Causes me to do what? Causes me to triumph. Now that word triumph have to do with Christ's achievements. Because triumph is what Christ has already done. He's already got the victory. Say triumph. Christ achieved a great victory. See, that's the victory that Christ achieved. That's what the word tri triumph is. Christ achieved a great victory. We will show you that in Ephesians 4 in a moment. But here he said, but thanks be to God, who always causes us to triumph in Christ, in Christ's victory. In Christ's victory, you always triumph. So everything you're operating and doing, Christ has already done for you. Ain't that right? See, so, so a lot of folks ain't got it yet, I, but I'm not going to bother you right now because I know you're probably right. It's hard to think and write at the same time. Now, thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. You've got to get that in your spirit. Say, Christ, Christ. In, Christ. in Christ, I'm in Christ. God always causes me to triumph. Right. That means every victory that Christ has gotten for you, they're guaranteed. But he's not done. And then it says, and maketh manifest. He maketh manifest. See, he causes and he maketh manifest. The savor of his knowledge, that means he'll make sure you know the word. See, He'll make sure you know the, the word on everything you believe in him for. By us, Paul says, by us. We, he'll make sure he'll give that word to us in every place. So all those things you need in your life, that's how God ministered to me. Let me say it again. All those things you are needing in your daily walk with God is what God giving me the minister. That's how you're supposed to be able to know. That's why when you come to church and you've been believing God for something, you hear me minister on, you ought to be able to say, Father, I thank you. And somebody may say to you, what are you thanking it for? You, this is what I needed God to... See, I, I, listen, I got people calls me. And when they hear me this morning, they say they need to be ministered to. But see, you got to be here to get the word. And you can't just do it for one service. That's what we make. See, we just say, well, God's going to just tell me in first service. May tell you in the second service. Or he may tell you in the first, not the second. See, that's why you got to take the limit off God. That's something we taught years ago. Now, thanks be to God. That's why you got to be in thanksgiving to the Father because he always causes us to triumph in Christ. Are you in Christ? God always calls you to triumph. You have to know when you began, you have the victory. So you're going through something right in your body, you ought to be able to say, well, I know how this is going to come out. Because if I didn't have this situation, I would not know him as the healer. You see, I can hear some other folks saying, he's the healer, he's a healer. If he never healed you, you still question that. But once you know that you had a situation and God healed you of that, now you can praise God because you know him now as your healer. See, you know him as your deliverer. See, that's why all those, that's how those terms comes out. You go back to the author of those things, a lot of David wrote in the psalm because God delivered him, saved him. Safe, that's why you, they came out. So you got to learn these things yourself. Sometimes you got to go through some of them. And make it manifest the savor of his knowledge it, it, by us, Paul says, in every place. That's why we have to preach that word. All right, let's go to the next one. Let's go to Ephesians 
chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. Because he's going to show us what he did. And he, and he also sh sh show us what he gave us. When I first started out, I told you he gave you the gift of faith. He gave you love and faith. Now that's how your page should start. He gave you love and faith. He gave you grace and truth. See, that's the same thing. He gave you grace and truth, or he gave you love and he gave you faith. That's why there's a teaching that I'm going to show you a little later on. I thought I'm going to do it this morning, that you got to know why he gave you those two things. It's really to be successful. All right, so here we go. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, and we want to look at verse 7 through verse 10. Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to come to your camera, sir. And verse number seven. But unto every one of us. See, you should, have, you should have stuck your hands so that include me. See, most people do not know that what God gave, he gave everybody. But he's talking about Christ. You, if you go back to Christ's teaching, he talked about it as a, as a parable or seed. Or sometimes he talked about it as I thought you were going to jump out of it. He gave parable and he gave everybody one. A talent. See, that was faith. Which started out as a seed, as a grain of mustard seed. See, if you put his parable together, you'll get it. So if you have faith as a, so you know what he gave you. But he called a talent. So the thing about it is what you doing with it. All right. Now here, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7 says, but unto every one of us is given grace. Now that word grace means one, thing, one more time. What is it? Uh, uh, uh. You got to put grace and love together. Same thing. All right. Watch what he gave you. But unto every one of us is given grace according to, to the measure of the gift of Christ. What is the gift of Christ? I gave you that when I first started. I told you the gift of Christ is faith. I call it the gift of righteousness. Romans 5, 17, the gift of righteousness. This is where you got to keep your note. And then also is the gift of Christ. So God gave you Christ, the gift of faith. I don't think you got it. It's the same word. That's what I told you earlier. Christ is your faith. Christ, Galatians 3.16, is the seed. Your salvation started out with a seed. That's why he gave you, listen to me, that's why he gave you Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 8. Everyone heard the word. The seed is the word. Christ is the seed. But many people hear it and they say, I'm done. I don't have to go back to church. I got this. But they never got to the stage two in death believing the word. They only got hearing the word. Oh, I hear the word every Sunday, Pastor. I hear you. I hear you when you're on TV. I hear you. You're hearing the word. That's what you're doing. But believing the word have to do with obeying. And that's why so many people miss out. They just hearing the word and they don't understand. That's good. But for you to come and get the word is another step of obedience. What if everybody stayed at home and just heard the word? What happened to the person that need to be saved? See, you think you're right, but you don't even hear what you're saying. What about the other person? See, love is not just for you, it's for others. So when you understand, that's why you got to understand why God gave you love. God gave you love for me and other folk like me. But God gave, listen to me. I know you want to do this, but I got to hear him.
God gave you faith for himself. So your faith is, your faith is, is for nobody else but God. But your love is for me. So he gave you what you needed for me. And he gave you what you needed for God. Now, now clap your hands. You, you, you got that. So when you come before God, you don't, you don't have to come before God with love and a new covenant, but you do have to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that coming to God must, you got to believe that he is. You got to get to the place of believing. All right, let, let's, let's move on. So Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to come back to your camera again. So verse number 7 says, but unto every one of us is given grace. That word grace means what now? Love. So he gave us love, but it was according to the measure. You got to get this now because I got a teaching called Know Your Measure of Rule. That's why I keep saying, listen, listen, listen. You got to know your measure of rule. I'm not even there yet. But on every one of us is given grace according to the measure, don't forget the word measure, of the gift of Christ. Now let's go to Romans 12 and 3. So you will see the measure of the gift of Christ. So now he's going to show you what God gave you. He gave you the measure of the gift of Christ. See, it's an awesome thing when God give me something and I got to be the first one partake of it. So this ain't just for, for you. This is for me too. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 says, For I say through the grace given to me. So what did God give Paul? Grace. grace. And grace is called what? He gave him his love. See, that's how God saved him, by his love. To every man among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think, to think soberly, here it is, as God according to, according to God, according as God has dealt, God has dealt. There's another word, I'm going to show you with that word dealt, D-E-A-L-T. He has given you, but he dealt. I'm going to use the word dealt, let me show it to you. To every man, what did he give you? The measure of faith. So that means faith is the gift of Christ. Say faith is the gift of Christ. So when God gave you his son, he gave you his faith. Or God put his faith in you. Or God put his son in you. Matthew 4, that's why you got to read these. Matthew chapter 13, Mark 4, Luke 8. The sower, sows the word. He put his word in you. But each one of those talked about what happened once the seed came in the heart. One person endured for a while. And then they got the word. They heard the word. They endured for a while. Left the church. Got offended. Then there was another person had so much in their life, the seed was choked out. Christ never grew. The seed was aborted. And then there was another person in, in the life, how then the enemy came against the word. So you got to understand all that's, all that's happening in your life. The enemy comes against your life for the word. And if you don't watch yourself, that's where most people stop their Christian walk. He takes the word out of their heart, and then they go right back to the world. See, that's what you got to understand. This, this message is, is, is going to escalate, if I can say that. So you got to know what God gave you. The next time I meet you in, in this place, which will be the next service, I'm going to start on know your measure of rule. Come on, stand up on your feet.
Now, I, I know you think you already know your measure, but we're going to see We're going to see, do you know how to measure? I told you what your measure is, so you ought to at least know your measure or rule. How are you measured? What do you have that God gave you that you'll know your measure? He gave you his faith. He dealt to every man the measure. So don't forget that when you come to the next service. You got to know your measure. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, one quickly while we're getting ready to close out. That when you learn your measure of faith, you know how much your faith can get done. Let me put it another way. There are some people you prayed for in your life. And what you prayed for came to pass every time you did it. Those are the things you got to keep in mind. Because that's how your faith works. But there are some folk that you prayed for, nothing happened. So you don't need to be praying for that, the people with that condition no more. But you got to find out, listen to me, but you got to find out what your faith can do. See, there's something, you got to know your major rule. You got to know some, what your faith can do and can't do. See, there are some people that I pray for, husband and wife. Husband and wife, now don't sit nobody on me, okay? Husband and wife. Listen to me. They've been believing God for a, a child, husband and wife. Now, everything has to be in order now. You just can't be with somebody else's husband, somebody else's wife, and all these other issues that people have. And they be talking about, I want a baby. I want a, 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 all these other stuff. But my, my son, my grandson, came here uh, from Washington, D.C., Maryland. And him and his wife uh, been married a few years. And they could not have any children. And you, if you watch, study there uh, on Facebook, if you see that, you know last, this past year they had a, they had a son. But the year before, they came to our house, sat at our table. They came here. I, I, I introduced them. And God gave them a son. See, that, that's my wife will tell you. They asked me at the table. They said, Paul, Paul, we, we can't have any children. I said, well, no, that's no problem. You come to the right place. Because everybody I pray for, everybody I have prayed for, I, I can, my wife will tell you, we was in a, in a revival, whatever they call it, and the woman stopped me at the door and said, I want you to pray for me, Pastor. We can't have any child. And I stopped right at the door. My wife remember that and prayed for her. And I says, okay, send me a picture. My wife, in my line, honey, she right there. And then the, the woman sent me the picture of the baby next year. This ain't no game. But you got to know your measure rule. Is anybody catching on yet? There's some thing that you can pray for that don't work. And you got to remember that. That's area you're going to have to strengthen your faith in before that's going to happen. It doesn't mean that it can't happen. You just got to be stronger in that area to believe in that area. That's a place where you don't believe like you believe over here. Now I'm going to show you how God does it and I'm going to show you how he does it by the word. When God lets some things happen like that and you pray for, he wants to strengthen your faith in that area. So you got to get that area built up first before you go, go mess with another one. All right, get that one accurate, right? All right, come on, clap your hands. Get a lot of big hands. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, there's a scripture that we believe God in this house because this is Apostle Paul's ministry in verse number one. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and when you stand by, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. Paul said, I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received. How, number one, how Christ died for our sins and according to the scripture and that he was buried 
according to the scripture, and he rose again the third day according to the scripture. So that is what we believe here is your salvation is based on your belief in Christ's death, burial, and his resurrection. All right? And this Bible, from cover to cover, is about Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection. When you believe, you're not done. You gotta believe until the seed bring forth life. Don't be like the people in Matthew 13, Mark 4, Luke 8, they believe for a while. And then once they got offended, they don't believe no more. They don't even go to church anymore. You gotta come to a place where that seed in you becomes your life. Hey, my time is up. And I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.